ask an 18 year old about their future and then ask a 38 year old about their future. And here's what you're gonna notice when they talk about education time and time again. The 18 year old talks about where they're going to college. It's an adventure. It's about a place that they're going. They're enthusiastic. It's the same context as when you tell someone where you're gonna go on vacation, right? But now the 38 year old, talk to a 38 year old and ask them what they're gonna do. They're talking about what they're doing. They're talking about their bachelor's degree or their license or their certificate. They're focused on the outcome. They're focused on the credential. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about how your attitude towards earning a degree and where you earn that degree is really the main thing that determines the cost you're gonna pay. We want you to get a degree, but today's episode is going to strip away a lot of the romance and we're going to get very utilitarian. So we're your hosts, Jennifer Cook-DeRosa and Shelley Cloutier, and you're listening to College on the Cheap. Welcome, everyone. We think you should get a degree. We think your kids should get degrees. We just don't happen to think you need to go there to get it. Or if you do, then we think it should be a sound financial decision, not an emotional one. Right. Emotional decisions are expensive. I mean, Shelly, we both have college degrees. Our kids have or are finishing their degrees. Our husbands have degrees. Um, in fact, your husband's a pharmacist, mine's a professor. So they don't just have degrees, but they both have, you know, advanced expensive degrees. And I feel like we should lead with that, with our background, because a lot of the controversy surrounds the question, should you go to college? And they act like it's a yes or no discussion. Um, but everyone will talk about, you know, these billionaire outliers that made it without going to college and so therefore that's justification for not getting a degree and, and so on but but this episode is not that I mean we we do think you should go to college right right yeah I mean my husband's degree he definitely needed to do that to be a pharmacist uh, when I think back about mine I I went at a time when it was very inexpensive so I came out with no debt but uh, I think I went in too early and didn't pick the right one I just luckily didn't have debt to follow me afterward. Yeah. I mean, well, there's almost 4,000 colleges in the country. So it's, it's not realistic that someone would be able to compare all of them. And I think the average person probably could name, you know, 100, maybe 150 different colleges. And, and we know which ones are the popular ones because they're the ones that everyone applies to. But that certainly is not representative of, you know, really comparing all the colleges because nobody can do that. Um, I was reading an article inside higher ed had an article in October that I thought was fantastic. And they did a story about a trend behind more and more young students choosing to go to quote unquote, an adult university. Now in college lingo, an adult college or an adult university is really code for a college that is primarily online and accepts a lot of transfer credit. And, you know, in the article, the story that really caught my attention was an 18 year old and he had watched his dad go through his degree in about a year. And um, that was a bachelor's degree. And he was inspired to do that. And I wanted to quote what he said, just 
I, I wrote it down so that I didn't get it wrong, but he said, quote, I walked away spending only about $7,000. I also walked away with a bachelor's degree and seven industry certifications. It was a no-brainer. And that um, I thought was a great quote because what is that trend showing us? I mean, I love this trend, by the way, because this is one of the colleges in the article is, is one that, you know, would be considered an adult college. But it's it's saying that the young people are really seeing past some of the marketing and are really starting to look beyond the quote unquote experience and getting real about what what college is for. Right. I mean, that ex- the experience part of it really is all consuming. I mean, they're fed a message that the experience is important for you to grow up. And, and that's the next step. And the parents buy it and the kids buy it. And if you just step out of that and think about, yes, you need to do things that help you to grow up. You need to pay your own bills. You need to get yourself to class, pick your own classes and that and all of that. When you go on campus for that experience, I don't know where there, I think one huge thing it's missing is paying your own bills because everything's paid for. So you're basically going someplace where everything is is paid for and you just go about your day and, and, and get your classes done. You go to college online and you're at home or you're living in the town that, that you grew up in and you can get that experience of growing up by just, by, uh, paying your own bills I, I mean are these kids aren't paying their own bills when they're in, in college when they live well, on it, campus they're allowed to stay grounded I mean I feel like if you're a young person yes there's definitely um, maturity that happens in that age group from 18 to 24 <clears throat> of course um, you know but the the reasons that um a student might choose an experience versus just the credential, I think are very romantic, right? It's like right. you're saying, it's like it's like this experience where they're going and they get to be free from oversight. They get to have all their bills paid. They're attending a college that has, you know, a lot of frills. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, but really, that's not quote unquote real world because we don't live in that world right yeah no (laughs) not at all we we don't live in that world at all so becoming an adult is not getting to be without responsibility and without care and so um of of course you know the biggest takeaway for me is is that the degree results in something that you can use for a job because it's a very expensive credential and whether or not it's directly training someone for a career or whether or not it's checking a box um, really depends, of course, on on your personal situation. But at the end of the day, we want students to graduate. And as we have talked about many, many times, the graduation rates are very poor. So the college experience doesn't always mean that you're graduating with a degree. So I love right. the the data here showing that the number of these traditional age students are actually choosing, you know, a more utilitarian path. And the the story went on to say that the students doing that path had doubled since COVID. And that is quite an increase. And in the article, it also shared that even the colleges were kind of surprised by this, that they hadn't um, expected that demographic to increase like it did, because they, you know, they market towards adults where they're looking for 
these flexible options and, and transfer credit and whatnot. New Hampshire University did a little bit of an investigation as to what were some of the reasons that these students were coming in. And they found that a lot of students had health concerns, particularly around COVID. Um, they were looking for flexibility so that they could work while they were in school, which by the way, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that, love that. Um, and in this group, the college experience wasn't the priority that it was with others, other students. Um, and of course, affordability, right? So ding, 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 affordability, that's, that's what we're gonna talk about. And I, I also wanna talk about the assumption that going to college online is automatically cheaper because that's not true. I mean, it is true that you're not gonna pay room and board. And if you're staying home, living at home while you're doing that or not moving to a new location, um, of course you can reduce those costs. But the assumption that the tuition is automatically less is kind of a flawed tuition. So, uh, I'm sorry, a flawed assumption. And so we do wanna talk about some of the, um, the strategies, I guess, that you can bring to this problem and bring to this solution so that you're not ending up in student loan debt just because you're going online. So in my estimation, where I think people are getting it wrong is that just because the college is offering an online program, they're assuming that it means that it's a lower cost degree. So I think that's one of the mistakes. Um, I've seen lots of online programs that are as expensive or more expensive than my local state university. And so it certainly um, is reasonable that they could uh, spend more money getting their degree online. And the other mistake, which is one that I want to spend some time on, is that they're starting from scratch on day one. So part of the normal, and I'll explain what I mean here, part of the normal application and enrollment process includes sending in any transfer credit. So if you had prior credit, like the adults typically do, right, you would send in those transcripts and you would have that credit evaluated. Now, keep in mind, these colleges that are quote unquote adult colleges are usually very generous with transfer credit. So they are used to evaluating this credit. They're used to evaluating military credit, licenses, certifications, um, CLEP exams, you know, all this different kind of credit. But what the colleges are reporting is that in this new demographic of students, this 18 to 24 year old, that these students aren't bringing in a lot of transfer credit. In fact, where almost 80% of their enrollment used to bring in some amount of prior credit, now that's down just to about half. So the change here, yes, the 18 to 24 year olds are enrolling but the change is that they're missing the opportunity to use these kinds of programs in the way that they were designed to be used, which is bringing in a lot of transfer credit, which brings the cost down, it makes it very efficient. Um, and, and so we, we wanna talk about that, I think. It takes, uh, it takes 120 carefully planned credits to earn a degree. So if, if you outsource half of those to very affordable or cheap options like a community college or credit by exam, and then come in with half already done, you're only paying rack rate for half or, or about 60 credits. And now, now someone attending a college that charges $600 per credit and only needs half a degree is going to pay $36,000. But that same student who comes in without prior credit is going to pay 72,000 or more. 
So people are paying many thousands of dollars more than what they could be paying. Right, and the college is not gonna stop you from doing this, of course, right? I mean, why would they? They, they want you to pay tuition. They want you to take all of those 120 credits with them, even though they fully accept a situation where you're gonna be bringing in half that degree, maybe even three-fourths of that degree in advance. So, you know, there, here's some more numbers. Okay, so say you're choosing a college that allows you to bring in 30 CLEP credits, okay? And there are many colleges that allow you to bring in 30 CLEP credits. 30 credits is, is a year, right? It's a year's worth of college that you could do completely and totally for free. Mm-hmm. So if a student doesn't do that, they are missing that opportunity. It would actually be better for them to sit out a semester and to stay at home, learn, and test out of those classes and then start their classes at the college. So by staying home and doing that, instead of being in such a rush to enroll, you can actually save that full year of tuition right off of the top. Right, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can work while doing that. You can save tens of thousands of dollars and still be earning money. I mean, so that's the math that works there is using not just, it's, it's not enough just to say that this is great that these 18 to 24 year olds are starting to use these kinds of programs. If those 18 to 24 year olds aren't taking advantage of what is really the the reason that you would choose those programs, which is to bring in that transfer credit, they could just as easily end up as in debt as if they had gone somewhere else. Do you think it's realistic for people to test out of 30 credits? Oh, 100%. I mean, not only 30, but often even more than that. I mean, beyond testing out, you can find low-cost options. So, for example, do you remember back in episode three when we were talking about ways to earn college credit for $3? Yes. When, yeah, when you look at the list of colleges that partner up with a lot of these non-traditional college credit companies and organizations, these colleges are often the same colleges that are going to have these generous transfer credit opportunities. So in other words, the the credit that you earn is going to be accepted by those colleges and those colleges accept the credit that you're earning from an outsourced source. Mm -hmm. So you have these opportunities, you just have to know about them and you have to, to take advantage of those because again, the college isn't really telling you how to avoid paying that tuition. Why do you think that they bother to accept all that credit and they don't market it. What's the well? I mean, I, I think it, it is it is marketing in a in a sense that they can advertise flexibility, and adults really zone in on looking for flexibility. Adults look for opportunities to get credit for prior experience, credit for prior learning, and specifically, adults don't want to start from scratch. And just speaking from personal experience, I felt the same way when I went for my bachelor's degree. I was an adult. I had already earned a two-year degree that I had used for my career, but because the accreditation wasn't right, I wasn't able to use those two years that I had already done towards a four-year degree. And in my mind, I thought, there's no way I'm going to do four years. I've already done two. And so it it was literally that, that same kind of idea of, wait a minute, you know, you can actually get a little bit of a head start doing some of this non-traditional stuff 
that was that was my motivation anyway for really getting getting back into into the idea of finishing that degree because that that is a, a a big enticement for adults who have a busy life they have a career they have a family and they have a lot going on so i mean it makes it makes sense and it's it's good business i mean just based on what they said in the article where they had 80% bringing in transfer credit i mean that that works and it's obviously helping their enrollment but we don't want the young people to choose these programs without bringing in big amounts of credit before they get started Otherwise, they're missing that opportunity to use the program like it was designed to do. Right. Why do you think that you had talked about how the numbers are down of students bringing credit? What do you think is going on there? Well, I think that that it's it's a complicated approach to find out how to earn credit outside of a college. You know, it's it's something that I mean, you and I have been talking about it for a long time and when I started investigating it for myself, there's a lot of bad information and there's a lot of confusing information and it's not always easy to understand. So Mm -hmm. I think because the question is so complicated, it's easier to just not think about it and just enroll. And I do think that that sometimes just enrolling is, is a mistake because there really are a lot of ways you know, to do that. I mean, we'll put a link into the show notes, but I have, I have at least a hundred colleges on my list that I keep at homeschooling for college credit of colleges that will take not just non-traditional credit, but that they guarantee that they'll take it. And so if you at least have a list of college names, you have somewhere to start, right? And there are a good number of colleges where you can resourcefully plan at least 75% of your degree in advance. So these are colleges that will allow you to outsource that credit, take CLEP exams, um, to use non-traditional credit, kind of DIY style. And you can do this at home. You can do this at your own pace. You can do this at your own budget. And that way, when you finally do enroll, you're really only gonna be taking about a year of classes with that college directly. And, you know, whether or not you complete one year with the college or all four years with that college, you're graduating with the same degree. So it really makes no difference. No one is going to know on your degree whether or not you've taken 100% of your courses with that school or whether or not you've brought in a lot of, let's say, CLEP credit. Now, do you think that's not part of the degree? Do you think that uh, future employers, how, how much do you think they care about where the degree is coming from? Well, I mean... I, I can go by personal experience, which I've been asked a grand total of zero times, but I mean, just based on, you know, trying to get a, a better sense of industry, I've never read anything. And these are in major news publications. I, this is something that I followed so closely for a decade. I've never read anything where it matters. In fact, articles constantly report the opposite, that employers care less where you get your degree and more about the skills that you bring to the table the skills that they wanted you to to get while you were in college and that's really you know the big the big reason that people started to use colleges in the first place was because it it allowed them to develop these skills for employment it allowed them to become critical thinkers to become you know um, problem solvers and these skills that, you know, 
that you are supposed to learn in college, you don't have to learn them in college. You can learn them in any number of ways if you're deliberate about it. Remind me, how many credits did your boys start college with? So my 18-year-old, he he had just over 90, so I think like 92 when he um, started at Liberty. And then my 16-year-old, he graduated at 16, and he had, I think, 88. Okay, so 120 is four years. So 90 credits is three years. And your other son had almost three years. So, right. I mean, that's incredible. Are you able to cash flow their degrees? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was on top of it. I, <laughs> I mean, it, it. you really have to be organized, and you and you got to keep notes, and you got to keep track, and you, you can't get discouraged, and you got to keep telling yourself uh, this, you can do this, even when you get wrong information from colleges, and you get, and you go down um, dead ends, don't get discouraged, and just keep, keep doing it, and look at your kid, and, and you know if they can handle, well, if they're younger, if they're under 18, you know if they can, what they can handle in a class, and then, and then we're talking about older, over 18, and they're ready, and so you just can't get discouraged when you get bad information, because you'll get bad information. Sure. So, you know, to get the degree, you don't have to, quote unquote, go to college. Uh, not everybody does. I mean, you know, there are for sure occupations where you do have to go to college. But it's not all the op all the occupations, which is what the media would have you believe. The colleges would have you believe. You know, it certainly is enticing to go there and to cheer on the football team and to get to go to all the parties and to join all the clubs and do all of the fun, the fun activities. But as far as just the credential, there's a majority of credentials, probably 99% of the occupations out there would allow you to get your degree either locally through a community or state college where you could still live at home and you wouldn't have to pay those ridiculous dorm fees with walk-in closets and gourmet <laughs> cafeterias and water parks and all of that. Right. Um, and, and, you know, not financing a lifestyle degree or to even pursue your degree online where you can outsource a good portion of the credit ahead of time. And again, living at home and just, you know, looking at the lifestyle piece as not being so important to the experience piece because your experience is what you make of it. Right. You can still get involved in all of those things. They don't have to be tied to a college in order for you to find meaning in the activities that you do every day, the clubs and in your community that you get involved in. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities that, that are not just existing in a you know, in a four-year college experience. Exactly. Community. Your own community has opportunities all the time. You just need to dig in. Go to your library. Find, mm -hmm. find groups there. Go to your church. They have tons of groups. Um, yeah. You can get yeah. that camaraderie that you're, right. you're looking for in, in the college experience. Right. Outside. So if your local college is offering the same degree for a fraction of the price, but you still find yourself kind of ooing and eyeing over, you know, the private college or the out-of-state school, you need to kind of check yourself and get real and, and ask yourself, what is it that I am trying to do? What is it that I'm trying to buy? Be, be truthful about it. Am I going for an experience? Am I going for a vacation? 
or am I going to get that degree? I mean, it is a rare occasion when you're going into an occupation that is so incredibly specialized that you have to move somewhere to do it. I mean, this isn't, you know, the 1900s. There are literally thousands of colleges that offer hundreds of degrees in every corner of this country. So we don't want to get carried away in thinking that you have to move across the country so that you can go get a degree to be a school teacher, right? This is definitely something that you can, that you can stay home and um, in, your, in your state at least, or if not in your town, in order to do that. So I have three questions that someone can ask themselves if they're looking at a specific circumstance and they want to apply a little bit of the college on the cheap logic to their question and to help them figure out where they wanna to go to college. So, you know, college on the cheap logic basically means paying as little as possible for the degree that you need. The keyword there is need, right? We want you to get the degree you need. And so this isn't saying that everyone should go get a degree in liberal arts from an online school or everyone should go get a business degree. The training has to match what you need, okay? But you don't need a specific degree for every specific job. So the, the training or the, the degree, it has to be a match. Okay, so I'm gonna ask these three questions. Okay, so the first question, do you know your target occupation? I mean, we, we, we know there are people out there who go to college without knowing their target occupation, right? Yes, however, in my opinion, if you don't know your target occupation, you're really not ready to go to college yet. And I say that because the easiest way to get into debt is to just show up in college and spend the next four, five, six, seven years bouncing around, changing majors, pursuing some degree that you hope will magically, you know, line you up with some job or ending up with a degree that you can't use. So you really have to know the target. You have to know what you're shooting for. If you don't know the target, okay, then you have to pause because your occupation is going to dictate what you need in order to get trained and qualified so that you can do work in that field. Now, it's also possible that the degree isn't required and maybe you just want one anyway. All right, so you can do that. And as long as you're careful and you don't go into debt, you can do it um, absolutely. And you can do it quickly, you can do it cheaply, but you can also do that without going to college. You can do that online, you can do that living at home. Now, if the degree is required, then of course we want you to compare the colleges that offer those degrees so that you can figure out which campus or <clears throat> which college can, can allow you to bring in your transfer credits and strategies and things like that that we talked about a minute ago. But all of it starts with knowing your target occupation. What do you wanna be? Now, second question. Do I need to go to graduate school? So graduate school is the degree that you would get after a four-year bachelor's degree. So if you're just at the beginning of your journey and you're thinking about starting your four-year degree, you might not even be imagining that you could go to school longer than four years. Um, but graduate degrees are not like a bachelor's degree in that they just check a box. Usually they're very specialized. So for instance, if you want to be a lawyer, 
you're going to need a graduate degree. You're going to have to go to law school after your bachelor's degree. If you want to be a high school principal, you're going to need a graduate degree. If you want to be a physician's assistant, you're going to go to graduate school. If you want to be an orthodontist, you're going to go to graduate school. I mean, there are occupations where that master's or that doctorate is the minimum before you can work in that field. So if your occupation requires a graduate degree, in my opinion, it's even more important than ever that your undergraduate degree debt is zero. You have to, you have to know that graduate school is going to be very expensive. And even when people are smart about their undergrad, sometimes it spins out of control when they do grad school. So let's talk about grad school for people who still need their bachelor's degree first. All right. So if you are just now finishing high school, you're starting the process, believe it or not, if you're going to need a graduate degree, that doesn't automatically mean that your undergraduate degree has to be in a special field or even from a specific college. So a lot of times I'll hear this where someone um, is aiming for a certain occupation and they are under the assumption that their undergraduate degree has to be a certain thing. And it's not always the case. Now, there are a few instances when it's true. For instance, if you wanted to become a nurse practitioner, all right, that would be an example of an occupation where you do have to get your nursing license. And you, you can do that in community college or in a four-year school. Now, there are even a couple of very expensive graduate schools that allow you to get your license as part of your master's if you have a, another bachelor's degree. But, you know, that's, that's an exception, okay? But most of the time, it literally can be anything from anywhere. So if you don't automatically have to have an undergraduate degree in a certain thing, you really have a lot of options. So like, let's talk about a lawyer again, right? So for your bachelor's degree as a lawyer, it can literally be in anything. It could be underwater basket weaving. Um, even med school, as an example, doesn't require that your undergraduate degree be in science. I mean, these are just some of the paths that people choose because they're popular. And it's not the same as because it's required. Okay, so understanding where that graduate degree is going to is going to dictate a lot of your decisions is really important. Don't just assume. So the big takeaway is you have to do your homework. You have to know what you're going to need and don't overthink the bachelor's degree. Because if you know that you're going to go on to earn the graduate degree, where you get your undergrad is going to be less important. It's it's going to be you know, under the shadow of where your graduate degree came from. Graduate school is going to be hard to get through without debt. It's going to be expensive. You're not going to have access to as much scholarships. You're not going to have access to a Pell Grant. And so you really need to do everything in your power to get through your bachelor's as quickly and as cheaply as possible so that you can get into grad school, get out of grad school, and start earning a good living. But that for people who have graduate degree in their in their sites, I think that that has to be part of the question about where to get your undergrad. I didn't get a graduate degree. Is it difficult to, to get into graduate school? Well, I applied to seven schools and I got into seven. Wasn't waitlisted on any of them and only two of them are what maybe you would consider prestigious. But I a lot of the the adult learners who have non-traditional undergraduate degrees where they've brought in a lot of 
let's say, um, test out credit or non-traditional credit report having similar experiences where they've, they've been accepted into everywhere that they apply. And I think part of that, which is, you know, kind of beyond the scope of today's episode, but part of that is because it's actually easier in some instances to get into graduate school because there are less people fighting for those spots. So you have, you know, everyone is trying to get into a certain school for undergrad. By the time it's graduate school, number one, we've lost half of the students who have started their undergrad. Half of them aren't graduating. So if you don't graduate with your bachelor's degree, you can't even apply to graduate school. And then of those who do have their undergraduate degree, a lot of them are job ready or they are in debt already and don't want to apply. So the pool or the competition to get into graduate school is actually significantly less. So an argument could be made for pairing together, you know, kind of an unknown undergraduate degree, a simple liberal arts degree or a simple business degree with maybe a more prestigious or maybe well-recognized graduate degree as, as kind of the cherry on top. Mm. And, and that's a strategy that I used as well. And so my graduate degree is actually more prestigious than my undergraduate degree. <laughs> and, and it costs more. <laughs> right. uh, so, okay, so we had, the two, we had two questions, but I have three total. The first one was, do I know my target occupation? Number two was, do I need graduate school? So the third question, and this is the big one, is can I wait? Can I wait to go to college? Can I wait to get my degree? I mean, there is a lot of maturity that happens to a person between, what, 18 and 24. That maturity really helps us learn to think about earning a credential differently than as a young, emotional, energetic person who, who wants to get into a college for the experience. And it doesn't mean that I want you to go sit on the couch for four years. <laughs> I want you to use that time well. If you can wait just a little bit, that gives you an opportunity to, number one, save money. Okay, so you can do that. You can also look for a job with an employer that is going to pay your tuition or that even has educational benefits. We talked about how Starbucks will pay 100% of your degree from Arizona State University as an example. So that, you know, that would be an option. Maybe during that time you do an apprenticeship. Apprenticeships range two, three, four years. That gives you a wage while you're training. It gives you a job skill that you could fall back on if, if this other plan doesn't work out. But apprenticeship also usually pays for the degree. So maybe your associate's degree is getting paid for while you're doing the apprenticeship. And you could even enlist in the military. I mean, during, during service or after service, you can still get your degree paid for by the military. That is still something that happens through the GI Bill or during, during service. So no matter what you decide, you can bring the goalpost closer, either now or while you're waiting to figure it out. When you're waiting, the time is not putting you into debt, but going to college can put you into debt. So you're not out any money if you're waiting to start, but we don't want you to start until you have a good plan. So besides developing your plan, and I think a plan could include someone else paying your tuition, uh, but you can also start accumulating years worth of cheap and free college credit at home without ever borrowing a dime. 
And of course, you can save those credits to use later. And when you enroll, you've got them. By the time you're ready to enroll, you will have already made a huge dent in your tuition. You have got some maturity in your rational mind to make those decisions about where you might want to go. And your goalposts will be moved so much closer that you're also increasing your chances of finishing and graduating to almost 100%. So it's all winning. It's all upside. It's a great strategy to just bring a little bit of logic to the problem. So you can get your degree without going to college, but if you have to go to college for your occupation, you can use transfer credit strategies to max out on that college's credit acceptance policy before you've ever set foot on campus. These are just some of the strategies that you can use to shave time and money on your credential. So until next time, I'm Jennifer Cook DeRosa. And I'm Shelley Cloutier. And you've been listening to College on the Cheap.